welcome listeners to Season 4, Episode 3 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char. And I'm Callie. And this week, we want to remind you that we'll be doing a live episode of Drinking and Screaming, streamed on twitch.tv slash drinkingandscreaming, as part of WAVA Rape Crisis Center's Streaming for Survivors initiative. We'll be watching Evil Dead for that episode. I saved a big one for it. So make sure you get your donations in to unlock special treats like an exclusive cocktail and mocktail recipe, a live buddy cameo on screen, and those sweet, sweet Carfax. We hope to see you there. This week, we're watching The Vavitch from 2016. It's The Witch, but you know, it's spelled with these. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we did not make to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we picked this drink to be temptingly old-fashioned. Ooh. This episode will contain discussion on misogyny, sexism, sexual assault, and animal death. If any of these things are something that you need to not hear about today, feel free to skip this episode. So I did not make the drink this week. Hey, I also didn't. <laughs> what? Holy Whoa. cow. Who made this drink for us? Mad Labs did. <laughs> <laughs> We've had their old fashioned before, but this is a different version of it because they partnered with Whiskey Wizards. Mm. Do you want to give people a little read off that label? Yes. For I'm this branded content. I'm definitely the best person to read things unprompted. Good luck. BC Whiskey Wizard and Mad Lab trying to bring some good into the world during this crazy time. BC Whiskey Wizards are a brotherhood with the underlying task. Support each other and we will be stronger for it. Founded by Tommy Gunsmith and Ron Tuck with a strong effort to fight back against toxic masculinity and an attempt of lifting people up rather than pushing them down. Mad Laboratory is thrilled to partner up and create something that will hopefully add to that mission. Partial proceeds of the sale of this product will be put towards the good work being done by the wizards and their volunteers. But that's good that they're combating toxic masculinity. Uh This is sweeter than I thought. But holy cow, finally we have a Kelly drink here. I can smell it. (laughs) It smells like a Kelly drink. Because, yeah, the last few have definitely been char skewed. Mm, wow, that's smoky as hell. <laughs> oh, it's a campfire up in here. I'm glad the bottle's over here because I'm, I'm just going to finish it during hey, this episode. No, not allowed. You have to share. But yeah, no, this is good. It's a smooth drink uh, for sure. Definitely can't have too many of these, but it's a sipping drink, which... Uh, I don't struggle with like, it's not like, oh God, this is going to creep up on you. Like, you know what you're <laughs> drinking when you have this cocktail. It's one of those ones where you go to drink it and you're like, yeah, I'll just have like a few chugs or something. And your mouth is like, no, stop, <laughs> please, please stop this. And then you're like, okay. And you're like, okay, but now then- we're going to, we're going to process this for a while. <laughs> it kind of, uh. Reminds me of my favorite drink from our ex favorite bar. Shut down. Oh, the uh, tuck. Yeah. Coffee the, cigarettes? The coffee and the cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, kind of tastes throwback. a bit like that. Yeah. Rip. I guess they did use uh, smoky bitters. Yeah. And now we have them. We have <laughs> the smoky bitters. So this week we watched The Witch, which premiered on February 19th, 2016. I said 2015 in the last episode, but spoilers. That was like a film festival debut, but it was actually in theaters in 2016. Ooh. My bad. Uh, written and directed by Robert Eggers. Stars Anya Taylor-Joy as, spoilers, the titled Witch, Thomason. 
Ralph Innocent as her father and farmer William and Kate Dickey as very, very stressed out and grieving mother Catherine. The synopsis is written by dear friend who we've never met at all, Claudio Carvalho from IMDb. Our parasocial relationship. (laughs) In 17th century New England, the farmer William and his family are banished from the Puritan plantation controlled by the church due to differences in religion principles. William leaves the spot with his wife, Catherine, his teenage daughter, Thomason, his son, Caleb, and the twins, Mercy and Jonas, and settles at the edge of a forest. They build a small house and barn, and meanwhile, Catherine delivers the baby Samuel. One day, Thomason is playing with Samuel near the forest, and the baby mysteriously vanishes. The family unsuccessfully seeks Sam out, and Catherine becomes... A little unwell, praying all the time and mistreating and blaming her daughter for everything that goes wrong from that point on. And even them moving there themselves. <laughs> William goes to the forest to hunt since the crop has mysteriously failed. And early in the morning, Caleb Thomason and their dog and family horse follow. However... Thomason falls from the horse and uh, is knocked unconscious and Caleb becomes lost in the woods. William finds Thomason and Catherine confronts her about Caleb's fate. Is this the beginning of the tragic end of their family? Turns out, yes. So eventually Caleb is found by Thomason naked. He had been captured by uh, the witch in the woods. He succumbs to his bewitchedness and the twins blame Thomason for being a witch. They cannot complete their prayers, however, at their brother's bedside. So Thomason blames them and the black goat. William boards up the twins and... Thomason in the shed with the goats and that night Catherine is visited by the devil in her dreams and at the same time the children are confronted by the witch the next morning the twins are dead William gets stabbed by the goat's horns and Catherine attempts to strangle Thomason after blaming her for her brother and father's wandering eyes (laughs) Thomason has to kill her mom to survive and she goes to speak to the black goat surprise He whispers back to her and tells her to remove her shift to live deliciously. She walks naked into the woods and meets the other witches before floating into the sky. Whoa. I should also say that throughout the film, the parents continuously talk about how I guess we should get rid of Thomas and she needs to go to another (laughs) farm. And when I say the parents, I mean, it's the mom. So mm, intense. Do you want to bewitch me with that trailer audio? I do. What went we out into this wilderness to find? Leaving our country, kindred, our father's houses. For what? For the kingdom of God. Let us pray. I don't know why, but one of the things that stood out to me the most was how they had to censor the blood. Oh, when she's uh, milking the goat 
it makes yeah. it look it's like it's mud or something like that. Oh, it was a bit, uh, yeah, less shocking than it is in the film, like less vibrant. Yeah, it is yeah. like extremely obviously blood in the film, but I don't know why that just point that just <laughs> stood out to me. <laughs> what stood out to me was that I the scene of the child. The, oh, I should say child death is another oh, yeah. topic. Um, uh, it is in my notes. Yes. Okay. Then I'll, I'll, I'll save that nugget. <laughs> we'll bury uh, that lead. <laughs> um, but I'm just going to dive right in. The women really carried this film. The mom and the daughter uh, by far were the, my favorite performers. Uh, yeah. Kate Dickey and Anya Taylor-Joy starring performances. And this was a breakout performance for Anya. Anya? Anya? I, yeah. Anya? That sounds right. Yeah, I think that's right. But she was extremely believable. This is her first, like film debut. And in all her scenes, I felt like she was super in the moment. I was never pulled out of the story mm. at all. Even with this heavy dial. Oh, it's not too heavy, but it's definitely like older old, old English. English. Yeah. Um, old religious English. <laughs> um but that is really not to be said from her counterpoint brother. <laughs> Holy crap. We act, that was something that you mentioned out loud while we were watching yeah. this again. I said it sounded like a middle school st- uh, kid trying to recite Shakespeare. Yeah. Which is always like <laughs> Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Yeah. They don't get that iambic pentameter. Yeah. The flow, really, which this isn't Shakespearean English, but um, yeah, he did not know what he was saying. It's His best flow to it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And his best scene was the possession at the end. Yeah. Or not really possession. What would you call that? Uh, bewitchedness. Sure. Yes. That's what I said the, in my description. The love of Jesus flowing through you. <laughs> that moment was good. Maybe they hired a kid specifically that could do that scene. Well, that's the hardest scene. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they were like, I don't know. He'll pick up the old English eventually, I guess. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. And then go just going back the mother crying over her son. I mean, she does a lot of crying in this film because all her children keep either disappearing, dying, or having other fucking worse things happen to them. Yeah. And yeah, it's heartbreaking to watch. Yeah, her all of her scenes are at like an 11. Like her emotional distraughtedness. Yeah. It's like at peak throughout the entire <laughs> film. There's like a moment in the beginning when she's happy when they find the land and then it's all downhill from there. Yeah. And then my next, this kind of flows into my next point, though, because although she had such high stakes and was definitely dealing with a lot of shit, the conflict that arises between her and Thomason was very interesting to me because it's not even really about what is happening because she reveals her uncomfortableness with her daughter, like becoming a woman and like growing breasts. And like she mentions like, she has so much internalized misogyny about how it's her daughter's fault that her husband and her brother are like looking at her. Yeah. How dare they stare at a woman <laughs> that is like wearing clothing. Like, yeah. And that's not it's even her, the point. It's her fault that they're staring. <laughs> I mean, they, it, specifically the young boy is staring. Yeah. Uh, and that's not her fault. No, exactly. 
And that the stress that the mom is going through at this point, like brings that forward. But I just wonder, like, how much resentment other than between the mother and daughter has been festering in this family uh, that led to this moment. I mean, like, is that what made the witches come or were the witches always there? I don't know. The twin specifically says that the mom hates Thomason. Yeah. Like, just straight up says it. So maybe there's been a level of that the entire time. But I guess that was also after um, she lost Sam. So, yeah, you know. That's that's a fair assumption. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I, it almost reeks of one of those like wrong place, wrong time kind of movies where I don't necessarily know if anything like if this family did anything wrong. They just sort of went to the edge of the woods where a bunch of witches happened to be. Yeah. And then like speaking of wrong place, wrong time, they mentioned that in the trailer too. like it feels like you're watching something that you shouldn't be or it's worded a bit better, but it, the idea of like, you're seeing something that's totally private and like this family's worst nightmare really comes through. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do definitely get that. It's like, man, I wish I could help them as well, <laughs> but boy, a lot of shit is going wrong with this family. And also there's witches. <laughs> and it's just so sad that she, uh, to get control over her younger siblings who are being such little shits. She makes them think that she is the witch. Yeah. And then ultimately that turns her whole family against her when the kid believes it so bad that when actual witchiness is happening, <laughs> that comes through. Ugh. It's yeah, it's a common rule in that era is to never pretend that you're a witch. It's kind of like how when you go to the airport, you don't ever pretend that you have a bomb on you. Because regardless of how open minded or like level headed you think people are, the moment you're in that situation and you start joking around, they'll latch onto it and blame you for everything. Yeah. But then also to turn that on its head, people be blaming women for all kinds of shit up in here all the time. Yeah. I mean, it ultimately was the dad's fault for leading his entire family to the edge of these cursed woods. And lying to the wife over and over. Yeah. The do you talk about the conflict between the dad and her? No. Okay, that's also a really good scene where, at, like, it's really building up all the tension in the family. Like, the a second kid has died. Uh, the dad drags Anya or Thomason out of the house, and he says, "Like, speak truth. Are you a witch?" And then she just starts telling him all the truths that he yeah. doesn't want to hear, and it's so powerful. But Immediately, he's like, I'm your father. You can't speak to me like that. And she just keeps going about like all the fucking shit he did that has ruined this family from the get go, regardless of the witches. But like the little poisons that have been happening and festering. And then he's like, I will not let the dev devil's tongue wag in your head. It's like she's just telling you what you did. Yep. Uh, also, something about old religious, like just raw religion language is so brutal like when she was saying stuff and like blaming him in the house and he's just like silence creature. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? That's your kid. That's raw as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and then my last point is that, uh, I have seen this movie before and I had a feeling I put it on this season because I knew that my tastes had changed a mm. lot from the first time that I watched it. It's all that whiskey. <laughs> it's giving you that real earthy palette for slow burn movies. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like happily, I was right that my tastes have changed because I remember really not liking this movie when I first saw it. But now I love it. 
it's a definite, as you said, slow burn. Mm-hmm. But the horror and Much dread. Like a witch. <laughs> Oof, that's a bad joke. <laughs> I started laughing and then I was like, no. Oh, God. My main thing was that the first time I watched it, it felt too slow and boring. But the horror and dread elements are there from the fucking beginning. Holy cow. Yeah. There's two massive moments that I know you're going to talk about that I t- completely forgot about being in this movie. And um, yeah, the, the the feeling throughout is so good. The through line of this film really gets to me. Um, yeah. It is also very slow. Like, it, I mean, it's not a long movie, but yeah. it is very slow. But mm-hmm. it is that like horrifying, just like, please and just stop making me look at this <laughs> jesus christ um <laughs> my lord like- and savior please uh but yeah i was also the same way but i specifically enjoyed the movie up until uh blackbeard or captain hook showed up what the fuck was that um uh. which i i hated the first time i saw it but i think knowing that it was coming up i kind of like set myself Prepared up more yourself. ready like ready for the, what the context means yeah and i do i understand it now and i think i enjoyed it more now i still would have preferred it if it was just the goat like the whispering from the goat even is kind of weird but i was believing it like, at least they don't show you the goat but then to show you this fucking pirate walk by i was like Ugh. it is kind of because it is supposed to be like decadence and like affluence Bougie? of the time i guess yeah like if that happened now it would be a guy in a red Tux suit or and whatever stuff. Yeah. yeah um and it is very like contrasting to what her life has been leading up to that. I guess that's true. It's not supposed to be pirate. It's supposed to be wealth. Yeah. Like her dad's running around in sweaty ass linens and (laughs) fucking weird corn cob hot hat. Uh, And then this like suave debonair mustached man shows up in like clinking boots and a bunch of stuff and is like, I will guide your hands. Does his boots actually clink? A little bit. Yeah. Because the twins also say when they're talking about the witch, when they're like playing, they say that they hear her and they and they specifically say as she's running, clickety clackety, clickety yeah. clackety. And I was like, that's so weird for a witch running in the forest. Yeah. But maybe it's because they heard his feet. His boots. Yeah. Because it is it for a moment you see both his boots and the um the goat's leg. Yeah. Kind of looks like he's got a peg leg, but <laughs> yeah, he's got he's like full on like affluent pirate garb. And I guess yeah. like pirates as well are very much like it's romanticized. You sail the seven seas and get to uh, live free and uh, plunder and whatnot. So yeah. it's kind of that idea of just, I don't know, pure freedom. <laughs> he does say that she gets to see the world and yeah. taste butter and live deliciously. Mm. Which she fucking deserves because they were just going to kick her out anyways. Oh, yeah. We don't really talk about the end of that movie, but they look like they're having a hell of a time. Yeah. Dancing, fires burning. They all fucking fly. Yeah. And literally, this is like a good for her moment. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> her life was so shitty. She was basically being the, the mom of the twins because her mom was grieving too much, which is fair. Like, do that for your family when you need to. But I imagine, like, she was doing that all the time regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Now she gets to fly around and eat other babies. Mm. Mm. My first point is a Cali point about the cinematography. <gasps> um, there's just a, a lot of very well done dread filled shots in this movie. Uh, a good first example is the moment that the wagon is sort of like wheeling off into the forest. It just lingers there for almost too long Ooh. as you watch the wagon just get further and further away. And it really creates this sense of like 
isolation and them leaving civilization completely. And the wagon, did it seem off tilt to you a little bit? Like it was kind of leaning to the left, to the right a bit. It was just an unfortunate wagon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in the shot where the Caleb is wandering into the woods as well, they do this almost like isometric thing where it gets rid of all depth of the forest. Oh. So when he's actually walking into it, it doesn't look like he's moving forward at all it just sort of looks like he's walking and the forest is engulfing him there's so much of that like slow pan like so slow that you can almost not see it and it kind of like pulls back a little bit so it's you're getting away from him as the forest is eating him um and that so many like reactions shots of people looking at something that you yourself are not looking at yeah um and uh and seeing their horror yeah it's like you want to see what they're looking at, but it's it's also building this dread of like, if I look at it, am I going to feel the way they are? Yeah, I don't want to see it, but I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And th- there's so many instances of um, creating isolation through cinematography where you a, a lot of the times with the dad showing that he's being isolated from the family because of himself. But he's yeah. always shot standing in like that empty attic room alone at like a wide angle shot so you can just see how there's nothing so around much him. space um and yeah. there's always shots of like uh the rest of the family on one side of the room and then like the person who's being confronted a close close up of their face so oh. you can never really see the unison between them yeah yeah good call out there's uh there's so much of that and i i love a24 for that they're just like telling their dreadful story through cinematography. I'm so glad I didn't bring it up, but yeah, this is an A24 film. Hell yeah. And they're so good. Ah. Anytime we watch one of their movies, I'm just looking for how the the camera is telling this horror story itself. Yes. Really just carrying the narrative. The the actors are there. (laughs) Sure. Um, Do you have a scaredy fact about how the director did uh, stayed like theater originally? No. Okay, because I... I kind of get a sense of that as well, where there's a lot of shots that are so static that it feels like you're an audience member at, at the theater. Yep. Yep. And the, the this perf- felt like a play. Yeah. And that's because the director originally did theater. OK. Uh, so a lot of the blocking and a lot of the uh, the like conversations and stuff were shot basically like a play. Uh, so you get a lot of those like really static shots and the actors just have to like be in the scene. Do the moment. Yeah. Wow. It's really cool. We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by American Nightmare Candle Company. Bring the horror into your home with a handsome soy wax candle from American Nightmare Candle Company. The scents are inspired by locations iconic to the horror genre. Places like the Overlook Hotel, Sleepy Hollow, and Elm Street. Each fragrance combination is carefully curated to transport you into the story and the catalog is ever evolving. Available for purchase at Etsy.com slash Nightmare Candle Co. Bye now. Because we just got ours and I can't wait to light them. We got two candles. I chose Camp Crystal Lake, which is a very piney, fresh Ooh. scent. Uh, and I got Point Du Lac, which I don't actually know. What's that's from? It's from the vampire movie that has Tom Cruise in it. In uh, <laughs> Interview with a Vampire? I don't know. You picked it. <laughs> I, it said whiskey on it. I wanted that one. I'm sure we'll figure it out. Tell me in the comments what that's from. 
I just liked it because it looked looked like it would smell good, and guess what? It does. <laughs> this episode of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by Great Night Inn. Great Night Inn on Etsy has a range of printable and virtual murder mysteries and movie bingos, including one just for horror movies. The instant download game has 16 unique bingo boards peppered with the best and worst horror movie tropes. Print them out or play on your phone or tablet. Just don't answer if it rings. The call is from inside the house. Inside the house! Use code DRINKSCREAM to get 20% off your order at greatnightin.etsy.com and follow them on Instagram at greatnightinpartygames. We received our Mad Labs box and oh boy, we are excited. We can't go wrong with their amazing gin, vodka, and bitters. Uh, we use them literally all the time. You can get them at madlabdistilling.com. And of course, this episode, we drank one of their pre-made cocktails. Super easy. I love that we had no effort at all. We put it in the freezer and then we poured it in a glass. That old fashioned, this movie's old fashioned. It worked perfectly. <laughs> and it is very good. It's delicious. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream, on Facebook at drink and scream, and you can email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. For more information and to buy some merch, go to drinkingandscreaming.com. And we also wanted to remind everyone that our Patreon is super discounted. Slash, slash, slash. I'm selling at ah. unbelievable prices. Uh, no, I thought you were doing like slasher, like you slash the prices. Slash, like slash, slash. I'm Freddy Krueger, Jason. Oh, no. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bring me back to the episode. Back. My second point is about Caleb. 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 Um, and so he wanders off into the woods chasing the hare, which is obviously the devil. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, finds the witch's lair. And then she comes out a hot lady. One of those like when a, sh a curtain like before a show and you just see like the calf. Yeah. She lifts it up so that you can <laughs> see her ankles. Um, which goes with his like lust that he's discovering because he's like right on that age. Yeah. It's just it's just horniness. <laughs> uh, and she comes out and kisses him and then drags him into her lair. And it's left very ambiguous as to like what happened to him between that time and being dumped naked at the farm. Is it? Uh, yes. Is it? I mean, you could argue that she was using the seduction to get him in so that she could curse him. That's true. Um, but then he was naked. Yeah. I mean, she could have cursed. I mean, she had to put that apple in somehow. <laughs> I, mean, I I thought he was going to reveal that she had like cut him open and put something into him. Well, we don't see what his injuries are, but his mom does do a bandage wrap around his uh, abdomen. Yeah. And then he has like small cuts around the rest of his body, like twig branch. It lo looks like something that could have been like from outside or whatever. Yeah. Coming back here. So that's my like, you know, you could argue, but it is heav heavily implied that he's sexually assaulted by this. This witch. Which is the only real downside of these witches, man. Yeah. Get yours, but only when the people want to get yours, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially in his, like, mannerisms while he's talking about how horny he is for Jesus. Like, those were not motions that he would have learned from his parents. Uh, so it's definitely, like, something that he picked up from the witch herself. Yeah. Um, 
Although it is a small fucking house. So we don't see the place that they live in before, but like it, it, we know that the kids stay awake while their parents talk and think that they're asleep. So I imagine they hear other things that happen in the night, too. Yeah, but they're like the, the old school <laughs> couple that like they nut and they're done. Yeah. It's purely for the uh, consummation of children. And there's something about too like. Is that the right word? Uh, well, you consummate a marriage. It's conceive. Conceiving of children. Yeah. yeah. No passion. <laughs> None passion allowed or else Jesus will be mad. And then the witches get mad at them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then, yeah, I mean. It is very dark, though, yeah, what happens to Caleb. And just like that was one of the moments that really shocked me on the second viewing because I completely forgot about this element of the film. But he comes back. He is found like leaning up against their fence totally naked it's raining chilled to the bone and obviously traumatized whether or not we know what happened to him it's an intense ordeal for sure yeah they also immediately go to bloodletting to help him yeah they like cut his temples so that he starts bleeding and like maybe he just got a fucking infection after that yeah but he was becursed because he had a uh, bloody apple (sighs) inside of him that Uh, was cool because the Snake tempted him and he ate the forbidden fruit. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I thought it was because he was all like, I saw apples in the forest. That also is the case. But then the dad talks about like kind of implies that he like ate forbidden fruit. Like he accepted the gift of Satan or mm, something. Yep. Yep. Um, but Which yeah, he also did in the forest. Maybe. But then again, was it forest? We don't know. Yeah. So weird. So ambiguous. Um, but yeah, then. Also, he lied about the apples, so it's almost like, ha here's your sin, your uh, lie. Real big on sins here. <laughs> it is like, honestly, at one point, I wish that we had subtitles because they are speaking such like religious language yeah. that I did not know what they were saying. But, you know, you kind of just get it through context clues. They're sad. They sin a lot. <laughs> they hope that God forgives them. God has to forgive them for the sake of his son. Uh, thou shall not peek on your sister, etc. No yes. peeping toms allowed. No. So you kind of get it through context clues, but it's a lot of like thou's and wouldn't thou's and with, with thine's and whatnots. Speaking of bleak scenes, uh, a baby just gets ground up in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Wow, I just took a drink and I'm like shaking my head. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> oh, man. I'm almost done mine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, like I so I remembered the baby getting captured and I kind of remembered it being sacrificed, but I do not remember it just being mulched up. Yeah. Uh, I have a fun fact, a scaredy fact, if you would. And this is definitely <laughs> About the mulched baby? Yes. Do you want to know it now? No, I'll wait. (laughs) It kind of reminds me of uh, in Outlander, the woman who like bathes in blood because it's good for her skin. Yep, exactly. But boy, oh boy, that kind of looked like um, pomegranate coming out of that. When it, when it was, was very chunky. Yeah. Yeah. And also like A24 does this a lot. They put nakedness and they do it in such a way that it really makes you feel uncomfortable. And like speaking for myself, I am a pretty, not like closeted, but like 
my sexuality. I'm not that out there with my sexuality. So when I see nakedness, I'm like, Ugh. I don't watch porn or anything. It just freaks <laughs> me out. I don't get it. Um, I mean, they also make it explicitly <laughs> not horny. Yeah. Uh, it's just like the naked body, though, shouldn't be so horrifying. Like before the witch is even doing anything, just seeing like her from behind, you're already like, oh, God. Yeah, it's definitely like um, it's supposed to evoke that like unnatural feeling where it's like usually you see people clothed. Mm -hmm. And if they aren't clothed, they're in the, the hot passion or something. Yeah, yeah. So and to it just, just be like going about their day and doing blood rituals naked <laughs> is like. So weird and off-putting. But then also like it just it's such a parallel from Hereditary, another A24 film where you see like the smiling naked people. Which everywhere. is still unsettling. And that's what I mean. Like they do that all the time. And then also in Midsommar, which is also A24. Oh man, so much naked. Just so much. <laughs> Turns out naked people are terrifying. I don't like it. <laughs> because they got nothing to lose at that point. <laughs> it's really just the end. <laughs> but yeah, the baby being snatched from the peekaboo scene. We, again, you mentioned like the seeing the reactions. Yeah. Of like, uh, you see Thomason realizing that her brother is gone and being really confused. And then we see like her look off and the sh twigs are kind of shaking leading to the forest. That the was fucking flash stole the baby. So good. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite good, but a baby got mulched and I always forget that before watching. This and then movie. it happens and then you're like, just get, oh, um, ooh, just gets mulched. And then it, they show like the rubbing of the baby on the woman, yeah. uh, the mulched baby, the mulched baby. Yep. It's like she's making butter, though, too, which is a link back to the devil being like, do you want to taste butter? So is the butter just the baby then, Black Peter? <laughs> yeah. What is that? What is that delicious to you, I guess? Do you make the witches think that is delicious? Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Oof. Good thing we didn't do a snack for this episode. I would have <laughs> probably done something with jam. Some pomegranate. <laughs> Time for Whispers from Beyond. And we're going to start out with a Patreon shout out. Ah, that's me shouting out. <laughs> Welcome to our little horror family, Rin Rin Banana. We're so thrilled that you have decided to support the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Without people like you, we would not be able to do this. And I smile on you. I appreciate you. Yeah. But also, I want to take this moment because they asked us a question that I thought would be good to answer here. And it was, what happened to our first four episodes of season one? So interesting news. We decided to take them down from our public page because they don't really demonstrate what we've become as a show. We're definitely we were like trying to figure out how to do the show when we first started. And we weren't even really like queer and feminist at we that point is what she's trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We sucked. We so sucked. <laughs> I don't want new people when they find the show to be faced with or they want to start at the beginning. And I'm like, please don't because it's awful. So we took them down, but they're still available for free. They're going to be on our Patreon page, but you don't need to have a Patreon membership to access them. Um, and we're just going to be doing that. For now, it's the first four. I might continue to shift things as we go. We'll see. There are some gems there I don't want to lose, but ooh, oh, the first couple are, oh boy, cringe. Yeah. And give us feedback. If there's something that 
irks you or you find strange or you're whatever, just let us know and we'll address it and, uh, you know, learn from it. Yeah, for sure. And I actually have a bit more news about this, but I'm going to save it for the end of the episode. Oh, no. But it's good. Like butter. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, it happens to the best of us. You're 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 out in your barn. You're tilling the soil. You're you're hanging out with your your animals or whatever, and a, a goat comes up to you and says, "Hey, do you see this book? Uh, <laughs> sign, it. sign this sign this fucking book." <laughs> and you're like, "All right, it's time to open the Reckonomicon." <laughs> I really leaned into the I like question it. inflection in that one <laughs> and couldn't get out in time. <laughs> couldn't pull up. No, I thought it was good. It was unique. I liked it. You're like, what? Okay. Whoa. My recommendation is The Ritual from 2017. Good call. Uh, It's another movie about how effed the woods are uh, and people slowly succumbing to its horrors. Uh, That is The Ritual from 2017. Very similar vibes. Really good choice. My recommendation, I went a different way. Mine is Split from 2016. I can't remember if I've recommended this already or not, but it's a good one if you don't like horror because it's more of a thriller, but it stars Anya Taylor-Joy as a teenager who gets kidnapped by James McAvoy, who has multiple personalities. The acting and the plot of this film is amazing. And honestly, I think we might do it for this season. So if you want to catch it early, Split from 2016. My favorite of his personalities is the one that opens up a school for mutants. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for... Scaredy Facts. For those of you just joining us for the first time, or for those of you who like the story like I do, Kelly, do you want to tell the story? So after Char and I watch a horror movie and we get too scared to sleep... Ah! We'll snuggle up in bed and we'll open up IMDb or other trivia sites uh, and we'll read some behind the scenes facts to kind of desensitize us from the fact that we just watched a baby get mulched. Very scary. So come under the covers with us and we'll, I'll tell you some interesting facts about this about mulch baby. Mulch. baby. <laughs> <laughs> but the first thing I want to start off with, oh, well, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Got to start off with the budget, which was $4 million estimated. And opening weekend in the United States, they doubled their money, nice. $8.8 million, And the cumulative worldwide gross is at $40.4 million. Wow. So times 10. Thou shalt definitely live deliciously with that. <laughs> but really, diving right in here, although the film's plot was intended to be taken literally, the director, Robert Eggers, did add a bit of uh, other things in there. So he's spoken about a few small hints that he and the filmmakers left throughout the film that one could interpret as reasoning behind the events besides the obvious supernatural. So in one shot, the biggest thing is that you can see corn that's actually has signs of ergot, which is a hallucinogenic fungus. And many people actually attribute that to real life stories of possession and witchcraft. So Just people getting high. Interesting. Get and that's like that corn. all that the family could eat was their corn. So yeah, you see them eating like cornmeal and stuff like that. The kids eat it a lot. Yeah. The premise is based on America's first witch hysteria, which happened 62 years before the infamous Salem witch trials in colonial Massachusetts. I thought that was interesting. Ooh. 
And this is also a little tidbit that we call it the Vavitch because they use two V's in the title. But there's the reasoning behind this, I didn't know, is that that was how the word was written in this time period because the letter W wasn't really in common use at the time. Now, I need um, somebody in the comments to explain to me why it's called the W and not the obvious double V. Well, you could have it like loopy W, you know. Yeah, but it's used to replace apparently Double v. the instance where you would want to say W instead of V. Yeah. I don't know. Tell us. Get at me. This film was shot in only 25 days. According to cinematographer Yaren Blaschk, uh, please apologize. I apologize if I am mispronouncing that name. But the film was shot mostly with available natural light. So hmm. they had hardly any lighting fixtures on set when they were filming. I find that partially hard to believe only because there's so many night scenes that are shot with like bright lights, but mm. maybe that was the moon when it, it was, was pretty bright. dark, but I mean, a lot of it also takes place in the day. So that's fair. Talking about this bunny, this mm-hmm. hair, you brought it up. You were like, this hair is the devil. Let me tell you some fun facts about this lovely little bunny. A hair appears frequently in the film. In colonial New England, hares were considered magical creatures in their own right. They were often associated with witches, either as a milk hare, which stole or spoiled milk from the farm animals, or the witch themselves, who were thought able to turn into a hare in order to spy on and influence people. Ooh. So in in this film, we saw the goats bleed milk instead of milk. After the hair had been in their pen. <laughs> yeah. And then we also see the hair around that like witch's den a bunch of times and mm. by the forest. So it was uh, definitely a witch. It was senior scratchy the whole time. <laughs> During the witch hunts of colonial America, it was widely believed that a witch could not say the entire Lord's Prayer. So that's why in that scene where um, Caleb is killed uh, or not killed, succumbs to his bewitchedness, the family starts to pray. But then Mercy and Jonas are unable to finish their prayers and they freak the fuck out. That's why. Yeah. Can't say it. Can't love Jesus if you're a witch. Oh, boy. You got... I keep saying Black Peter. It's Black Philip. <laughs> I've said Black Peter like t- 20 times. That's okay. They'll comment. They'll get in the comments for us. I, uh, I hope Black Peter's not something bad. <laughs> it is. Black Peter is the one that, um, the Belschnickel, the one that they ah, removed from uh, the office. The office. Yeah. An office reference. Whoa. There we go. It's been a while. <laughs> it's that really a drinking and screaming episode when we have uh, the office <laughs> reference. Are you ready to find out about the baby mulch? No, but okay. (laughs) The rendered fat of an unbaptized, usually male baby is an ingredient in witches' flying ointment, along with poisonous and hallucinogenic herbs such as belladonna, hemlock, nightshade, and wolfsbane. Supposedly, a witch would rub this flying ointment on herself and her broom in order to fly. Baby Sam was taken in order to make this ointment. Wait, then how does uh, Thomason at the end fly? Maybe she gets a bit. Or Philip is just there casting the flight. Yeah. He, he class, casts flight on her. He is there. That's true. As goat. So when they're by themselves, they have to get the flying ointment. Now, does yeah. it only last for one night? I That's can all they, the information. Can they fly <laughs> permanently after that? Or do they have to keep finding Are new babies? Are you going to go hunt a baby? How many babies <laughs> can you possibly find, especially in colonial New England? <laughs> Seems very, and you would waste it on that one random night, I guess. Seems weird. 
I talked about this already, but this is the first, uh, this is the film debut for Anya Taylor-Joy in her first credited role on film. And ironically, it was the first audition tape that the director saw. Ooh. And he knew from the start it had to be her. He helped her live deliciously. Now, my last scaredy fact. Is it a car fact? I'm very sorry. Is it a gun fact? It is not a wagon nor a rifle car f- or fa- fun fact, but it is some animal fun facts. Ooh. So the director, Robert Eggers, has said in an interview that the best behaved animal actor in the film was the hare and that the raven and the horse were also easy to work with. But the goat, Black Philip, was reportedly difficult to train. One of the scenes, okay, when Philip lunges and struggles with the father was not even in the script. <laughs> that was just the goat being bad. <laughs> and then they had more scenes that were planned to involve the goat, but because Black Phillip was not as well trained as planned, they had to scratch them. I uh, I actually read somewhere that they had planned to have three goats, each trained to do a specific talent. Oh. One that could uh, walk on its hind legs, one that was good at ramming, and one that was good at, I don't know, just chilling or something. Uh, but they only got one, and it was uh, that one goat, so they had to get it to do everything. I see. I've heard that, like, in showbiz, you can break an animal, which is when you kind of, like, overwork it and yeah. make it do too much. So I wonder if that was kind of the case here. And that's why they're they're saying it's not really trained, but really the animal's like, oh, my God, what do you want from me? I'm so done. I'm just going to attack this man. Get me a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it wasn't it. actually planned that the dad got stabbed. That actor died. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that was an intense scene that we didn't really talk about. But yeah, he gets poked with the ram horn and then falls on his own chopped wood, which you had an interesting theory about the wood. Yeah, um, I think it was his way of like prostrating. Um, Doing penance. Yeah, much like the guy in everybody's um, favorite uh, mystery Tom Hanks movie. I was really hoping the name of the movie would come as I was saying that. I'm like, what do you mean? The Da Vinci Code. Oh. The Da Vinci Code. Uh Uh-huh. When uh, Paul Bettany like whips himself, it's like his way of um, penance, basically. And I think that the dad chopping the wood was his way of penance because he always did it after lying or doing something Uh. particularly offensive. Um, And then that's what kills him. Yeah. And that's what kills him. His own sin. His pile of sins. Whoa. Yeah. Do you have a final thought for me? Uh, I do. And it's just that I forgot that would thou like to live deliciously came from this movie. And I just love to say that all the time. <laughs> I've said that to so many people apropos of nothing. And mm. I just forgot that it was from the Vivich. <laughs> Maybe we'll steal it and put it on a shirt. Totally legally. Yeah, totally legally. And then we'll say fuck Alfred Hitchcock at the bottom. Yeah. I would buy that. Let's do it. What a, what a weird juxtaposition of But that's phrases. what our show is. Just random <laughs> sentences that we throw together and hope people enjoy listening to. What's your final thought? My final thought is, God damn, this was so good. I also want to say that there are no real jump scares in this film, so it might be a good one to try if you're nervous about watching horror for the sheer jump scaredness of like being afraid there's a lot of dread and her horrifying scenes but no real anxiety inducing bam moments yeah. there's a couple like seeing the dog and the dad getting stabbed by a black phillip and a few things just come out of nowhere but i wouldn't call them jump scares that's true there's no like dun 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 
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the dog. The quiet, quiet bang. That dog was the best dog actor ever. All dog actors are the best dog actors ever. Yeah. And he was dead. <laughs> but not in real life. We don't know what happened to the horse either. The yeah. horse and the twins, we never see what happened to them. Yeah, I misspoke and said that they died, but to be, we don't know. Maybe they're out living deliciously too. They did accept Black Phillip's straight deal. Yeah. I mean, they talk to the goat a lot. Yeah. He's like, please stop talking to me. You are children and <laughs> you have nothing to offer me. <laughs> please. Well, that's been The Witch, a movie about how a live-action Oregon Trail would play out. <laughs> Next week, we'll be doing our first ever revisit Whoa. on a film, since we don't think we did it justice, Midsommar from 2019. And remember, always scream responsibly. Uh, Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and local designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drinkandscream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com.